Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be talking about B90. So again, just a couple of announcements. We don't have any hot goss this week, um, but just a couple of quick announcements just off the top. First thing, we will not be covering Bachelorette this week. You'll be getting this episode and the next week's episode next week. So that's with that. But this week, of course, you're getting this, B90, you're getting Toe and UK, which from what I gathered in the Facebook group I'm in, there are three episodes. <laughs> I haven't looked yet, but apparently there's three. So you'll get all three if that is the case um, at some point this week. Um, Next quick announcement Again, in terms of scheduling this week, it is very hectic on the personal side of things for me this week. So I don't know exactly when you're going to be getting episodes. I'm hoping to keep them as as structured as possible in terms of when you're getting them. But there is a possibility that you could get some late this week into the weekend, maybe even into next week. Um, But hopefully by next week, we'll kind of be back onto some sort of schedule. Um, So it won't be as scattered. Um, But for now, that's what's happening for this week in particular. So with that said, although we don't have any hot goss this week, except for um, Danielle being a bitch. Besides that, uh, I do, of course, have some memes for B90. And again, I won't be reading all of them, but all of them will be posted to Facebook and Instagram. So meme number one. This man is scared of the estrogen gel. No way this relationship works out. Meme number two. Jasmine doesn't know what to do now that Gino's balls are making an appearance. Meme number three. Next, Carmela is going to show up explaining her photos were stolen and she has no idea who Tyree is. And Tyree be like, I think this must be her identical twin who doesn't want us to be together. Meme number four. I'm confused as to why Misha felt the need to change into a dress because she saw a wedding taking place. Meme number five. He had one drink. Now he's in the club sinning his ass off. When I get to that scene, guys. Oh my god. Editing. Chef's kiss. Oh, okay. Meme number six. Why do you bring up your ex? Says the person who has was just on the phone with her ex. Meme number, I think I'm on seven. <laughs> Tyree admitted when he first started talking to Carmela, she looked a little different in her photos. 
But when her appearance changed, he thought maybe she'd initially been using filters and he didn't want to make her insecure by bringing it up. What an idiot. So, but yeah, that is it for the memes this week. Of course, there are more that is better seen than read. So those will be also posted to Facebook and Instagram. But with that being said, we are going to jump into the episode B90, Season 6, Episode 7, Fatal Attraction. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about Statler and Dempsey first. So she has finally landed. And she tells us that she did get a text from Dempsey. And Dempsey tells her that she did miss her flight. So um, Statler won't be seeing her until probably the next day. She's kind of starting to overthink Dempsey missing her flight and says, like, why did she miss her flight? Is she there with somebody else? And kind of just going off in this tangent. And I don't know if this is more of her just not having confidence in herself or even confidence in Dempsey or if it maybe more ADHD related. I'm not sure. But, you know, again, it's hard. I don't know how to approach that because if it is the ADHD, well, she can't control that. And and then if it's, well, her just overthinking really, then, well, then I can say shit about that. Because <laughs> again, if, if it's that, then ma'am, Maybe you're still scorned from your previous relationship, which was literally a year ago, and you're already doing the exact same thing you did before. Again, um, maybe you shouldn't do that. I don't know. Just saying. Um, but she does say that she does not have a plan B if this doesn't go well, and she basically says oh, well, like she literally does like shrugs the shoulder, like, oh, well, like if it doesn't work out, that's your problem. Like that is literally your problem because you should never go into a situation like this, especially when you've done this before without not necessarily a plan B, because as far as we can see, she hasn't sold her home. She hasn't sold her things. Like they're still there waiting for her if this doesn't work out, but not so much a plan B. It's more of an emotional plan B. Like, what are you emotionally going to feel, mentally going to feel if this doesn't work out? And I feel like she hasn't really thought like that. And I don't know. It's hard again to say, because you shouldn't, you should try your best to not go into a situation like this that you've been through before and think the same thing will happen again. But at the same time, if that's something you are concerned about, but then you should, you know, mentally prepare yourself for that possibility. But again, that's easier said than done. So she does talk to the taxi driver and she asks, like, do you know Darlington? And he says to her that it's somewhere near North Yorkshire. So he says, you know, it's 
kind of a bad time of year to be going up there because it's cold. Sir, you are in England. It's always cold. (laughs) I guess certain places are colder than others. Good luck. But I'm like, isn't it always cold and damp in England? Doesn't deter me though. I still want to go. But, um, but yeah, I'm just like, okay. (laughs) But yeah, so she has a little conversation with the taxi driver. So she does hop onto a train that is going to be taking her to Manchester, where she's going to be staying until she sees Dempsey. They're going to stay there for a bit. And then from there, they will go to Darlington and her, her home. So she gets on the train and she hears the announcer. And she's like, is that, is that an American? I mean, why would there be an American? Girl, you're there. You think there aren't Americans in England who haven't moved there for also the same reason that you're going? Like, dummy? <laughs> anyway, so three hours later, she gets to Manchester. And she gets to the hotel. And the hotel seems fairly nice. The only problem is that the toilet slash bathroom is situated very closely to the bed. So she kind of is like, oh, this is romantic. You be on the bed in the mood and you'll hear me farting in the bathroom. And it's like, but girl, it's a hotel. Like everything is fairly situated. It's very close to each other. And Again, I understand that you guys don't know each other in that way and whatever, but they won't get to a point where that won't deter you <laughs> or her. So it's just, you, there's nothing you can do about that. And at the end of the day, you're still human and have humanly functions. Anyway, so she, oh my God, the foreshadowing of this girl, she doesn't even realize she literally says, well, the toilet's so close. I better get all my shits out now, girl. <laughs> I'm like, how would you know that you're literally going to get all your shits out? So the next thing we see her in, it's the next day, I believe. And she says she doesn't feel well. And she says that she has been sick all night with stomach issues. She says that she has been feeling nauseous, but she hasn't been throwing up, but it's been, I'm really sorry guys, trigger for butt stuff. (laughs) She's been having diarrhea. So yeah, we are literally seeing her on the toilet. And my comment to this was, why do we have to see this poor girl pooping on the toilet? Like, I'm sure if any person who's been in the situation, which I think most of us have been, the last thing I want is a camera crew watching me poop. Get the fuck out my room. Like, that's what I would say personally, but that's me, I guess. She does say that she doesn't think she can see Dempsey today. But she is going to go to the doctor to make sure everything is fine, that she isn't contagious. Um, And then I guess from there, she'll figure out what she's going to do. So she gets ready to go. And 
she ends up spraying her butt and says anything to smell good. Okay. Okay. Um, instead of having, and if you're a Jersey Shore fan, you know what I'm, what this is that I'm about to say. Instead of having a shore shower, how about you go into the actual shower and wash your ass? That's a possibility. Soap and water will also make your ass smell good. I'm, I'm just very confused personally, but I guess that's just me. <laughs> well, no, it's not just me. Because there is a meme that will be posted to Facebook and Instagram that I didn't read that you need to see more so than me reading it that does bring up this whole situation with spraying her butt. Um, she does say that she does, as she's mentioned in her previous the previous episode, that she does get stomach issues like this, but this feels very different. So she does go to the doctor and about half an hour later she comes out and says that the appointment went well. And that she has a parasite. For fuck's sakes. She has a fucking parasite. This is sh- my worst fucking nightmare, first of all. <laughs> I'm like, huh? I still, I still would not see a soul if I had a fucking parasite. But she isn't contagious. That's fine. Um, so she says that she is going to try to see Dempsey. And that they are going to meet halfway somewhere. And she hopes that she can that she can see her. So then they see each other and they hug. And y'all, they're so far apart from each other after that. And they're so awkward. But Apparently, this works for both of them because they are both very awkward people. So, Statler's all about it. And I guess so is Dempsey. I don't know. Um, I think Dempsey tells Statler that she has a monotone voice. So weird. Anyway, they feel good. They feel happy. It's great. And Statler says that she feels at home with Dempsey. Dempsey does give her gifts, which was like vitamins. Um, The other thing I'm trying to remember off the top of my head here was, oh, peanut butter vegan thing, um, chocolate or something. So there was that. But she also gave her something called Love Raw. I don't know what the hell that is. I'm kind of curious to know. I feel like I've seen something like this before, but I, I, off the top of my head, I can't even think about what it is. But Statler does say, like, is this for sexual purposes? And Dempsey's like, yeah, you know, maybe. <laughs> but also, it was very awkward. Like, it wasn't even like cutesy, it was just like awkward. Anyway, um, so Dempsey, not Dempsey, Statler then says, you know, can I check out your butt? I haven't seen your butt. Um, so she does, she checks out her butt and then they say, the producers ask like, what's the plan for the night? And 
Like, is are they going to be in the same room? And Tyler says, yeah, I mean, you can sleep in my bed. And I don't know. Here's my thing. I am all about being, like, sexually just out there. That's fine. I don't care about that. Have fun while you can. However, I think that if it keeps going like this, I'm going to start having a little bit of an issue, not because she likes to have sex. That's not the problem, but she always seems to lead with it. And I think that's a problem. So I don't know. I'm hoping that it's just, she's just really awkward in the moment. Um, and she really does like sex. And again, that's fine. But I feel like there isn't an episode where we don't hear about it. It's very much like Jasmine in a sense, but Jasmine has a good reason, I guess, because she isn't getting any at all. But I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that that calms down a little bit, but we'll see. But anyway, that is the end of Statler and Dempsey. Okay, so that was seen like a pretty perfect segue into Gino and Jasmine. So they're heading to the Panama Canal. And Gino's really excited since he is an engineer. And he says this is one of the biggest feats in engineering like history. And I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, so they're going to be doing that. Um, he says that when they, when they do finally get there, he says it's awesome. And he's like a candy store. Um, if only he can have this type of excitement for, I don't know, sleeping with his fiance, but anyway. So Jasmine makes a comment that the U.S. and Panama has always been in like this love thing. We've had this love history and he's not even listening. He is so distracted in this moment. Like it's okay. Yes. Like you haven't been here. You want to take this in, but at the same time, it's like, okay, but also pay attention to her. Like you guys are supposed to be spending time together. So spend time with her. Like so stupid. He's so stupid sometimes, but that won't last. Um, so she's like, you know, Gino, like, look at me. And she's like, like are you good? And she, he says yes. And she does say in her in the moment that since the night before when they went dancing, he's been acting very weird. And she says that she does not know why. Well, how about this whole situation with Dane Dan? So then Jasmine says that they need to work on their communication. Agreed. Um, so they, for some reason, start talking about exes. And like she brings up the fact like her, her ex, they had good communication, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, yeah, well, with my ex, 
you know, we also had good communication, like things went well. And she's like, but you guys got divorced. Jasmine, so did your ex. Well, one of your exes, your ex-husband, you also went divorced. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know what her point was with that, but she does say, well, like, well, your relationship was boring. That's fucked up, girl. Why would you say that? Like, as far as I'm concerned, if we're talking about a relationship that happened before you, and as long as that's not now encroaching onto your current relationship, then why the fuck would you say something like that? Now, I don't know if this is the same one that he sent the boob pictures to, but either way, like you don't know how their dynamic was. So you shouldn't be saying that. And you can't base it on whatever he may have told you because like men lie. So, um, so anyway, um, she then asked like, why did you like, why are you bringing up your ex? And again, says the person who was literally talking to her ex a few minutes ago, like pot me kettle. So, she, um, he does say to her, like, listen, if you can talk about your exes, so can I. And I said, ooh, ooh, okay, who's this? You're new. <laughs> so, um, they leave the canal and she's clearly upset. And, they sit down and he's trying to open a granola bar and he is struggling to open this granola bar, but he just finally got it. And he, he says that, you know, I have to be honest with you about what happened. He says, I now know that you lied to me about Dane Dan. And he says, he's your ex. And her face, deer in headlights. And he says, tell me what's going on. So she says, nothing is going on. She says, you're acting like I'm cheating. And he says, well, are you? I said again, who is this? You're new. And she starts laughing. And he says, why are you laughing? Is this funny? I said again, who is this? <laughs> so um, she says, I'm laughing because I'm nervous. And he says, why are you nervous? Why do you need to be nervous for? I said, shit, Gino, there you are. <laughs> so in the next scene, he asked, do you have anything going on with him. She says, no, not cheating. And then she talks about the photos and says like, you know, Dane Dan has never sent my nude photos to anyone. He's a gentleman and he's this and he's that. And I'm like, okay, you decided to stay with Gino despite the fact that he sent your nudes to somebody else. Get over it now. Like seriously, get over it now. You made your choice to stay. And if you didn't stay, that's one thing, but you stayed. So you can't keep throwing that in his face. You just can't. I'm sorry. 
it gets to a point where you can no longer throw that in his face. And I feel like now, now you don't have a fucking leg to stand on. So you can't keep throwing it in his face. So she doesn't think she, I was very confused by this. Actually, she first says she doesn't think she's going to tell Gino about the Dane Dan living in the same apartment, but then in about two seconds, she does tell him. So she, he asks her like, how much do you guys talk? And she says at least once a week. And then he says, are you meeting up in person? And she says, yes, but they only go like shopping or whatever. And then he says, have you been alone with him? And she says, yes, we had coffee together because he is in the same building as me. Damn. And she also made a mention about her being sick before Gino got there. So he was like taking care of her, I guess. Okay. So Gino says, out of all of the buildings in Panama, you had to pick this one. So he also says, I would never have paid for this apartment if I knew that Dane Down lived in the same apartment. Fair. I think that's very fair, honestly. So he asks, have you had sex with him since you guys broke up? And she says that, yes, they did. Because they were more of a friends with benefits afterwards because the sex was good. But then it stopped um, when she met Gino. He then asked her if she ever thought about having sex with Dane Dan since they have been together. And she says, she talks in circles, but she kind of says like, it's not like so much that I fantasize about Dane Dan, but like, I think about the fact like, you know, me and you don't have sex so it's more like I just think about when me and him had sex. Okay, here's my thing. I don't think about having sex with any man except my man. And the times of me thinking about my ex and us like in that way has been so long gone for so long now to the point where I can't even remember what it was like. Cause again, I was with him a long time ago, um, almost 10 years ago now, um, when we first got together. So I don't remember shit, <laughs> honestly. So I, I'm very, it's very interesting. Basically. It's what I'm trying to get at. But um, she does say, like, you know, if we had more sex, I'd fantasize about us instead of Dane Dan. And I thought, okay, that's kind of a cop-out. Because, again, and as Gino says, if the tables were turned, she would lose her shit. So why is it okay for you and not for me? And he says now, like, I don't trust anything she says. And he said, trust was never an issue before, but now it is. And I thought, you know, he has every right to be upset with her about this. 
the double standard on her part is also very laughable. So yeah, it, yeah, real interesting. (laughs) So we'll guess we'll see how that goes, but that is the end of Gino and Jasmine. So now we're with Misha and Nicola. So there's not a whole lot to talk about with these two, this particular episode, but we see that they're going to Haffy or Halfy. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correct, but they're going and Mishka. This is very weird, and this was kind of mentioned in the meme. She sees a wedding. She sees a wedding and then decides to change her dress because she needs to fit in. Um, it's a wedding, ma'am. And it was very weird. It felt very vain of her. So anyway, they go walking somewhere and they take some selfies and she's very particular as to how the selfie should look. He asks if everything is better today versus the day before um, when they were talking about meeting the family and stuff. So she asks if he reached out to his brother and he does say that he did text his brother and he shows her a text that probably isn't even English. So how is she supposed to know for sure that he texted the brother? It was kind of weird. He says in the last 48 hours that it has been a rush, 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 and he likes to take life a lot slower. No shit. She says that they don't have a lot of time to figure things out. She's only there for two weeks. She says, if I go home, not engaged to you, this will be the end of the relationship. He says that this is the first time that she is threatening the relationship, but his goal is to be engaged with her at the end of this. So then we see them going out somewhere and he says to her that they are going to hell. They're going to a bar. So he said that it's not his type of place. And he tells her, Misha, we're only going to be here for 30 minutes at the very longest. And she asks him, like, when was the last time you've been to a bar? And he says, maybe about 20 years ago. He says that devout Catholics don't go clubbing. They go, don't, they don't go dancing. They don't smoke cigarettes. Um, and she says that at least once a year on New Year's Eve, she will smoke a cigarette. And he completely shocked by this. He doesn't quite understand why she would smoke a cigarette, which I mean, I'm totally against cigarettes, not because of religious purposes. I think they're cancer sticks, but that's my opinion. But I I know the whole thing, like your body's a temple thing, you should treat it as such. So I guess I'm not 
fully surprised by it, but at the same time, it's just like, well, sir, <laughs> he is worried because she's being tempted by like worldly temp- temptations. And then he says that the Bible says you are in the world, but you don't have to behave like the world. And I said, where in the Bible, sir, does it say that? I feel like this man makes things up as he goes along, and I don't quite understand where he gets this shit. So he does say that going to a club is a sin because, you know, there's temptations in the club. What do men and women do when they go to the club? They dance together. So that's that's a sin. And again, that's the whole thing of, you know, you heard growing up of leave space for the Holy Spirit when you would dance with, with other people. And it's ridiculous. But anyway, he says that he just won't participate in things like that. So then she says, you know, I do have daughters that are at that age that might go clubbing. They might have boyfriends. Um, so, you know, how would you feel about them going out? And he says that he doesn't want to fight about them, especially since they've been doing nothing kind of but disagreeing so far. And yeah, he says that he just just wants to worry about their relationship because he knows fighting about her daughters would just cause tension between them. She says, let's go into the club and, and, you know, just see what it's like. So he says, okay, fine, five minutes and that's it. And he says that he is not going to like it. The editing of this scene was, like I said in the beginning, chef's kiss. It was so freaking funny. I was dying. And I'm like, oh, I thought you were only going to be there for five minutes and he's dancing and he's having fun. And it's perfectly fine. You know, like there's, I was, I thought it was the best thing ever. It was just the editing for me that I thought was just absolutely incredible. He says that he's doing it for her. So, but yeah, that is the end of the end of Misha and Nicola. So just going to be taking a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Tyree. So we're back and we're going to jump right into talking about Tyree. So per usual, there is not much to to talk about with with him. It's a lot of the same. But we see Lashanti is picking him picking him up to go to see a private investigator. He says that he is excited to be able to go to the next step. What step? Sir, what step? There is no next step. Not with her anyways. Or he, I should say. He says that he is hoping for answers. 
well, Tyra, you've been getting answers from the very beginning. You just refuse to actually listen to the answers that have been given to you. And then well, Shanti says that she is just hoping for the truth to finally penetrate his brain. So he continues to say that he has this connection with Carmela and that it's real. And it's like, no, it's not because she's not real or at least who you thought you were talking to anyways is not real. So Lewis, who is the PI, he basically in a nice way reads him for filth because he says that he reviewed everything that was given to him. They also had a conversation prior to this meeting. And he tells Tyree that the phone numbers that he was provided, they're not traceable. So either means they're like a text now app or a burner or whatever. And then he says that the email address is like a PayPal account, which would be able for people to send money um, to this person. And he says that's all that he can get on that information. Then he says that he did a reverse search on the photo photos that were given to him. And he found out that the woman in the pictures is also a cam girl. Didn't I say this last week? <laughs> I said, I mean, obviously you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to realize that it's either she's in porn or she's a cam girl or something of those lines. So this is what is going on. And we also find out that on her Twitter there is another PayPal email there, but it is not the same email address that Tyree had. So this is another indication, obviously, that this person isn't the person he's been speaking to. So then Tyree, it's like it finally sinks in and he says, this is clearly not the person that I fell in love with. And he says, now maybe it is two different people. And it says, and I thought to myself, like, well, yes, it is different people. We've already known this. You're just slow on the intake. So you can kind of see that they're watching a video. It's blurred. So we can't see anything. And the reason that the PI is playing it is because he's trying to see that does this voice match the person that you are speaking with? And again, this is something that they have done in Catfish. If you've watched Catfish, again, this guy has said he's watched Catfish. So um, he ends up saying that he would get videos, but there was no sound. So this is what I'm gathering is that this whoever this person is that he's speaking with, who is probably Christian, this person is taking the videos on this girl's site and then is taking the sound off the video because this is something something I can't do, but it is possible. And is then sending those videos to Tyre. So now Tyre says that he wants to talk to the real Carmela because maybe they are in this together. And Maybe in a different world, I would agree with this approach. However, this is not what's happening. He needs to let this delusion go. This person 
took these photos off this girl's site and is pretending to be this person. This girl has nothing to do with it. And he just has to let it go. The PI kind of said, oh yeah, you know, maybe that that it could be happening. And I said, you're not helping. <laughs> but that's that's not what's what's happening here. This this man is being played for a fool by somebody who is not connected to Carmela. So in the next scene, <clears throat> he tells us that he did message the real Carmela, but there's been no response back from her. So now he's deciding that he doesn't want to have any more secrets in his family. So he's going to be telling his other sister and his mother about what's happened. So he tells them everything down to he's been talking to this girl for four years to, you know, where she's from. His sister ended up making the connection of, well, you were in Barbados last year. And they're starting to make those connections and everything. And so then he gets to the part where he says that producers were told this was a man and all that. So his mom, more so than even his sister, was shocked by the fact that it was a man who's been talking to him. I wasn't as shocked. That was the first thing I said when the producers were telling him, like, it's a man. That's obvious. It's a man. But this is a different generation of a person. So she's very shocked about this to the point where she kept bringing it up. And then I'm like, okay, are you concerned that it was a man who was blowing the wool over his eyes? Or are you concerned about something else? And in that case, Maybe this is why he, if he is, I'm not saying he is, but if he is either gay, bi, whatever, maybe this is why he doesn't feel comfortable coming out. I don't know. I I, I don't know. But I found it very odd that she kept fixating on the fact that it was a man talking to him. So then tells them that he is thinking of going back to Barbados and they say, why? like the rest of the world. And he says that he wants to try to find the person behind the messages. May I suggest maybe a different continent? Because I don't think this person lives in Barbados by any means. I think this person lives somewhere else. Um, so, but at the end of the day, I think it's a fool's errand going there and trying to confront this person, it's not going to make a difference. I don't know what his end goal is by doing that. Just be done. But anyway. And as in the moment, he then kind of says that he still believes it's a woman behind these messages. So we've learned nothing then. He wants to know if the love was real for this other person and yeah, his family would be ready to throw some fists if need be. And I'm just like, no, this man needs to stay in Modesto and not bother go to Barbados. He's not going to get anything from this. But I guess we'll see. But that is the end of Byron. Riley and Violet. So 
and I probably got the name of this place incorrect, but they're at a war memorial museum. I believe it's the name of it. Um, Riley's all over this for obvious reasons, but Violet says that she does not feel good. Okay. She says she is confused about everything that has transpired. She says he needs to learn more about her culture. And she tells Riley that her mom thinks that he is a jealous and controlling person. Oh, then she's not wrong. First of all, then she says he's also not thoughtful. And this is pertaining to the fact that he did not give her a gift. And like I said in the last week's episode, he could have gotten her flowers, anything, you know, he doesn't necessarily need to know like what she likes and what she maybe doesn't like. You could have gotten her something simple that I'm sure she would have appreciated either way. So he does say again that he didn't know what to get her because Violet never told her, like told him what, like what she would like. And Violet says, did you ask me? That's also a very good point. You could ask, you could literally say, you know, Violet, I'm getting gifts for your kids. I want to get something for your mom as well. What does she like? So I can get her something. I'm sure the woman could use a purse. What woman doesn't need a purse? Even if she doesn't need purses, really, we'll take a purse. <laughs> like, it's it's a very good point. He could have just taken the extra initiative and asked, but he didn't. Um, so he does say that he will make the, eff- the extra effort. He also says that she needs to try and learn about his culture. And he brings up her comment about him being ugly and whatever, and says that it was very disrespectful, especially about a man that, you know, you're supposed to be with and love and whatever. And he says around family and friends, it's fine to joke about stuff like that, but to complete strangers... And I'm curious to know if this was a stranger to her, but at the end of the day, it was a stranger to him. And he says, like, that's not okay. So he does bring up the fact that he is a black man. And in the eyes of society, um, because he is dark skinned, that darker skinned men, kind of just men, darker skinned people men and women are usually viewed as not as good looking as their lighter complexioned. What I'll say about this coming from a black woman's perspective. Um, and I'm, I'm one, well, I mean, I'm kind of lighter skinned. Um, but I'm not like as light as maybe some, someone else, but I'm not darker skinned, but Um, I do have family members that are, I have family members on both ends of the spectrum, but what I will say is that what he is saying, even if he is garbage, because 
you know, he kind of is, but he, what he's saying isn't incorrect. He is right about the fact that darker skinned people are viewed as not as attractive as lighter skinned. And if anything, if anything, I feel like it's worse among people of color, black people in in particular. It's us as a community, as black people that tend to really hone down on those things. I'm sure it happens in other um, races as well um, in terms of discriminating against darker skinned men, but he's not incorrect. I will say from my perspective, I have heard of family members. It's not right. It's wrong. It's disgusting. But I've had family members apparently act like darker skinned people are not worthy. And that's so wrong. That's not okay. Um, And it's, it's, it definitely is a problem that needs to be addressed. Um, because at the end of the day, we're all black, um, and we are all beautiful in our own way. So it's, it's, it's definitely a concern and it's legitimate concern. Whether or not it fits in this person, this thing, I don't know, but it's just how he's interpreting it. He's, it's taking him to a place where maybe someone did tell him he's ugly because he's dark skinned. And that's, this is not, it's not okay. And, uh, you know, it's, just, it's not, it's not okay. Um, so I definitely understood what he was saying. Um, when he, you know, when he explained this to her, you know, he said that he kind of feels like, you know, a spectacle in, in those moments and, you know, she didn't help with that. So she apologizes and she says that she sees that she needs to change He says that he's also willing to try and he does ask her about going out to dinner later that night. So they're going to be doing that. So it's going to be a nice evening. Violet says that they're going to be, you know, just enjoying themselves and not having an argument in any way. So she does ask him about his country and does have, you know, a question about, about it. And she asks, like, what if your family doesn't like me? Would that stop you from either marrying me or staying married to me? Because she explains in Vietnam, if family doesn't like you, it just doesn't happen. He says, you know, although it's important, he says that it wouldn't necessarily change decision to marry her or stay married to her. So she says, well, you know, your dad likes me. So she's happy about that. Then he starts bringing up the text messages because it was a good opportunity to bring it up. But however, it's supposed to be a nice evening. So she says that we are not supposed to be talking about bad things tonight. And he says, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. So, you know, got pushed aside. 
And he does say that she's not willing to talk about these things and that bothers him. So then he mentions that Tiffany wants to meet with her over video call, obviously. So he says, you know, that's okay. And she says, yeah, absolutely. So they, you know, do that. And once he calls Tiffany and he introduces them, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. This man dips and says, maybe if I go to the bathroom, she'll open up more to Tiffany because I won't be there. Because maybe she's not opening up to me. Motherfucker, are you serious? You literally left this woman to the lion's den. And not only that, but you dipped. What? Anyway, Tiffany then asks what like what she thinks about Riley. And Violet says, you know, he's a really nice man. So then, then Tiffany brings up this whole situation about the app. And Violet is very confused. And she says to Riley, because now he's back, she says, why are you doing this to Riley? Because my girl's smart and she knows what's happening. So he says, she's asking you, why are you looking at me? You listen to me, sir. Your friend shouldn't be asking these questions. If she's not answering your questions and you're not satisfied with what she's telling you, then end the whole thing and be done. Don't trap her like the way you're doing right now. It's such bullshit. So you see Tiffany basically just keeps asking the same question and Violet isn't answering the question and it kind of ends that way and the show actually ends that way. So so that is the end of Riley and Violet. So last but not least, our last couple is Cleo and Christian. So, they wake up, and he says he feels bad about the night before and him falling asleep as soon as they got there. Um, apparently, he doesn't snore, so that's great. And Cleo says that... You know, she does like to snuggle and, and cuddle and all that. Um, and she makes a comment that I, I am going to comment on um, about the fact that a stereotype of autistic people is that they are cold people and they, they don't like to be affectionate with people and don't want people to be affectionate with them. And she says that's just not the truth. And I fully have to say I agree with her. Um, again, just coming from the perspective. And again, I know I haven't said who this family member is. I'm going to keep it that way. But this particular family member that I have that is also autistic, they are also, you know, can be very affectionate, especially when they were younger. They love to snuggle and be all up in your face, still kind of do. And they always kind of want whatever form of affection they want to display, I guess. They are very affectionate. So I never heard 
of this stereotype before, although once she said it, I could understand why people may think that, but it's just so not the case. Um, so she starts putting on her estrogen gel and she says that she puts the estrogen, she uses the estrogen gel because there's another form of hormone, I guess. I'm not sure what exactly she said. I kind of missed it, but maybe it's the more popular form of doing it. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm just coming into this blind, so I'm not hundred percent sure. However, she says that the other form of doing hormones, it goes through your liver, which is more problematic and has more risk factors to that. Whereas if you use the gel, it just goes straight into the bloodstream. So that's why she uses that versus the other way of doing it. So he then asks her how long it takes for her skin to absorb the gel And she says it takes about two to three minutes. And then she says, you can touch me and everything and you won't have to risk becoming a trans woman. And she she laughs and I guess it's supposed to be a joke. However, he isn't joking. He's very serious about the fact that he's very concerned about um, this, the deestrogen gel rubbing off on him and then him all of a sudden becoming a trans woman or, you know, getting more estrogen hormone into the, into his body. Um, that's fucking problematic. And if you're going to be with someone who is trans and this is something that she has to do probably for the rest of her life, you shouldn't be like, ew, I guess. Cause that's the, that's the way I thought he was coming across like this is you to him and he doesn't want her like it's like cooties it's like he it's like he is a child in an elementary school playground and says you have cooties and you can't touch me or i'm gonna get cooties but that's so fucking childish and i had such a problem and i hated that she was laughing with him about it when in my mind i'm like no he's like i won't say he's laughing at you but he is He's not taking this well at all. And it's, it was so, uh, such a problem. And then the, the, not to mention, I wanted to like say to him, sir, you realize you naturally have estrogen in your body. Maybe not a lot because again, your male hormone takes over. However, you do have some, just like women have some male hormone as well. That doesn't mean because you get a little bit of estrogen, maybe a little more, one time, it's going to be a fucking problem. He's such an idiot. So anyway, they're going to go feed the kitties. And, you know, he says cats before humans, basically. So He says, which is really funny on top of him saying like he's concerned about gel rubbing on him, that the thing that attracted him most to Cleo was the fact that she was so unapologetically herself and, you know, isn't shying away from the fact that she is trans. She's a trans woman and she's fully proud of that. Yet, you're kind of having an issue with the fact that she has to put fucking estrogen gel on herself so that she doesn't lose that and her male hormone doesn't take back over. Like, it's just, 
Okay. So, so I'm going to move on. So they talk about what they're going to be doing for the day. Cause she asked him like, what do you, what do you want to do? You know, let's plan something. And he's like, I don't really want to plan. Like I'm okay to have like a rough itinerary, but I just want to explore. Whereas this makes her very uncomfortable and makes us makes her stress out because this is not the way she does things. She needs to have structure and know what situations again she's getting herself into, um, and to be able to control the environment around her to a certain extent. Um, even though she may not necessarily be able to control the environment around her, she just needs that mental comfort of, I know what I'm going to do so I can at least control what I'm doing for the day or whatever. And again, I'm going to say from my perspective, yes, this people with autism need structure and they expect their day to go the way they want it to and the way they need it to. And if for some reason shit goes awry, it can become a problem. So, and again, autism is a spectrum. Everyone handles and, you know, has the symptoms of it come out differently. It's not the same for everybody. Because there are things that she needs and she does that my family member does not do nor need and vice versa. So it's, I know it's very different, but a lot of the core things that she says, I understand. And I feel, and again, my, my mom actually said this and said, like, did he not do any education on what autism is? Because again, it's going through the rest of their day, which we'll go, we'll get to in a minute. He has no fucking clue what he's dealing with with her. He has no control over over what happens with her. If she has an attack, like a panic, I don't know if I will consider it a panic attack, but it's very similar. If she has a moment where she is breaking down mentally, there is nothing he can do about it. And the fact that he is not educated as to what that means for her and what she needs in order to not have those episodes happen you know, he isn't doing that. And that in and of itself just kind of goes to show how unprepared he is to be in this relationship. And maybe even Borland doesn't care about certain things that she needs to deal with. And I'll say again, um, there when it came to not my current relationship, but my past, when I found out that a certain illness in his family, which I won't say what that is, but a certain illness in his family that could have affected our children, I did the research. I needed to know, is this something that I can pass on to my children? Do I need to rethink about, about certain things? I did my research because that's what you do. And even Again, like a person can explain this to somebody as much as they possibly can. And again, I have different, I have different things that I deal with as well. Um, but I expect you, if you don't fully understand, do your research. 
I will try to explain the best that I can, but if you're not going to retain the information, then it's completely useless. So I feel like she told him the best she can what she deals with, but I feel like just the root of what autism is, he doesn't have a clue. So, okay. So they decide they're going to go explore, they get ready, they leave, and they are just kind of walking down to, I guess, like, the downtown of London, right? And so they see, like, Big Ben and London Bridge, right? Am I correct in saying that's what London Bridge is? London Bridge, and then you see um, the London Eye, and you kind of see Buckingham Palace there at some point. So... Here's what I feel like we needed last the uh, last week's episode. He tells us that he is a Bond fan. So there we go. So he would pretty much do, I guess, like you can't help yourself but watch a Bond movie, I guess. Maybe in the same way that I probably couldn't help myself but watch Harry Potter. But again, in, in all honesty, like Harry Potter isn't really based in London that much. but. Anyway, um, so yeah, he, that's why he was probably watching Bond on the airplane. So he says like, you know, Cleo, it's his Bond girl. So he's kind of just geeking out at this point because he's seeing a lot of the landmarks that he probably saw in Bond movies. I'm not a Bond fan. Okay. The most I watched was Pierce Brosnan as, as Bond when he did like the, one of the movies. I don't even know which one, one of them, (laughs) the one with Halle Berry in it. Maybe she's the only one. I don't know. But that's the only one I watched. I'm not a Bond fan. I'm not the one. I don't get it. So, yeah. So, anyway, he's going on about that. So, then they're going to go have a drink at this really nice bar. It's very quiet. It's more intimate. So, they can actually, like, sit and talk. Um... And she's all about it because it's quiet and it's not overwhelming for her. Um, And he apologizes for being really tired last night. Um, She says to him, like, I want to have slept with you on the first night anyways. And he says, you're classy broad. Um, I had a problem. Don't call a woman abroad. Okay. I feel like broad has such a negative connotation with it. So I'm like, when I heard him say broad, my, my body just got went stiff. I'm like, no, don't call her that. Anyways. Um, so Christian said he likes to dance and he asked Cleo if she does. And she says, no, she doesn't really do that. Again, her going out and like dancing at like a club or something is going to be a lot of people. It's going to be overwhelming for her and she can't handle that. That's not for her. And again, like I'm not autistic. However, I don't like crowds. I have had like, I have like crowds all my life. I've had moments with crowds where I have freaked out. I've cried. I I just don't do well in crowded situations where I'm not in control. Like I feel like I'm not in control of myself. I don't know if it's 
claustrophobia feeling. I don't know if it's because I'm so fucking short that I'm probably going to get stomped on. I don't know what it is that makes me have that reaction, but I've been dealing with it all my life. So I can understand from maybe that perspective where like, I'm not going to put myself in a situation that I know I'm not going to do well in that I can't have control over. If that makes sense. So it's, he just, again, it just kind of goes to show like he doesn't understand that from her side, which is even more extreme than what I deal with. He just doesn't understand that this is something that she's just not going to do. So Christian says that he wants to see her get buzzed. He wants to see what she's like when she's buzzed. And he decides that he wants to go to a different place that's a little more lively. She does agree to to do this. So they're going to go off and go to a different place that maybe has a little more people. So they go to another place that's clearly definitely more populated than the last place. And he orders a drink, which I'm hoping I got this down right. It's called the Prince Charles face. And I said, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to see his, I don't want to see his face, drink his face, nothing. In case you could tell, I am not a Prince Charles fan. And I'm all about the world. I'm very interested in in the monarchy and what makes them them and all of that. I watched The Crown and all of that. I've done I watched a bunch of different documentaries. Ava as well. We're very much into all of that. And I don't like Prince Charles. And if you have a problem with that, that's your problem. <laughs> like, honestly. Um, not a fan. And I'm not a fan of his wife either, whose nickname I will not be saying on this podcast. So, um, so yeah, she says that she's very overwhelmed in the moment. Um, he tells her about his situation on the plane about having like multiple drinks. So there's more to the story than we didn't know last week. Apparently, at night, everyone's sleeping because, again, you're going like, I don't know, I don't know what time zone he's in. But here in Ontario, I think London, England's about five hours ahead of us. So I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I'm sorry, I had to take a quick little break, but we're back to it. Hopefully this is seamless and we don't see the difference here. Anyways, so yes, he was talking about the fact that he was drinking um, to the point where he got cut off, right? We all remember this from last week. So apparently there's actually a lot more to it that we didn't know. Apparently, you know, it's at nighttime. Everybody is going to sleep because, well, it's nighttime. And instead of this man deciding to take a nap, he gets up and is roaming the aisles, sees a group of women who are still awake and starts talking to them. So he thought like this was going well, that, you know, he's made friends. I don't know. But then he says, well, let me get you guys a drink. And he goes to the stewardess and he says, you know, can I have like 
drinks or whatever. And the stewardess says, no, I've heard about you. So apparently these women actually complained about him because they're freaked out. Because, yeah. And Cleo, she says that, yeah, they probably complained about you. And he's like, well, I mean, I was being nice. Like, I thought, like, you know, I was kind of going cool. And she says that I wouldn't really want someone just walking up to me either on the airplane at night. But then she says, like, you know, why did you do that? And he says, well, I mean, if I was with you, I wouldn't have done that. And she's like, exactly. So you did it behind my back instead. And he kind of says, like, you know, he is sociable. He likes to talk to people. It's not a big deal. It's not like, and I don't think he's necessarily, you know, being weird about this. However, I think that he doesn't seem to realize that you are in a relationship with somebody different. Doesn't matter if your ex is thought that's fine, which again, this is from your perspective. I would love to hear from them. So, you know, maybe they were okay with it, but she is and Cleo's not. So it's just read the room. And so anyway, yeah, he's just justifying the fact that this is who he is and he likes to talk to people. Um, and to basically just, just make that more of a point, there is a group of women that's kind of beside them a little bit who's celebrating a birthday. And how do I know? Because Christian asks them. So he starts talking to, to them and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm from Minnesota. I'm a Minnesotan boy. I think he's from Minnesota, right? Maybe where was Wisconsin? Shit. <laughs> he's one of the two. Okay. If you're from Minnesota or Wisconsin, please don't yell at me. Anyway. <laughs> think he's from Minnesota. But anyway, um he um he says, "Yeah, I'm here for um meeting my girlfriend. She's from here and blah blah blah." And she's, you know, says hi from a distance and he says, "You know, let's go closer to them." And Cleo says, "Absolutely not." <laughs> I'm not going closer to them because my anxiety won't let me go closer to to them. So, yeah, Cleo basically says, I want to go home. So he finishes his drink and they get up and they leave. So, and again, there's just a lot more of him just not being aware of the fact that what she's going through with her autism is very real. and. It shouldn't have to be or feel debilitating. Unfortunately, though, he's putting her in situations where it is. And I'm not going to say it's embarrassing her necessarily. I don't want to put that word in her mouth. But she might feel a certain way about the fact that she can't really socialize with these girls, maybe in a way that she, you know, maybe would if she wasn't dealing with, with what she's dealing with and the, the limitations she has because of it. And it's just, don't put her in a situation where she has to worry about those limitations. Put her in a situation where those limitations no longer exist. 
because that's how she should live her life. Like anyone else to be able to live their life in such a way where their limitations aren't even there. Anyway, that is the end of the episode. So just quickly before we go, we're going to talk about next time on. So next time on, we see Dempsey's place and she has what she calls a toilet room with the toilet that's not functioning. <laughs> it's not hooked up to the plumbing. And Statler is very concerned because she is, after all, a city girl who needs to have her toilet hooked to a plumbing system. So. Next, we see Rosvin and Amanda, who I completely forgot about because they've been gone for like two weeks. But he basically says that he wants to be able to have sex with her. She's on her period, guys. And he literally says, I'll still have sex with you. A real man gets blood on his sword. (laughs) I'm like, stop it. (laughs) It's no... No. And I don't, by all means, again, like, are you, she's there for three weeks, dude. And I don't know how long it's been now that she's been there, but you're really trying to tell me she probably has a period from anywhere between three to seven days. You can't wait. You can't wait. You can't wait till she gets back, like, past, like, the worst day of it, too. Like, men. Anyway, um, Nicola to this mystery person who I don't know who they are. Although they kind of look like him. So maybe it's his brother. Um, he does bring up the fact that Misha's a mess um, with her suitcases. Um, we see David is going to Sheila's house. Uh, we see Jasmine and Gino are going to therapy. And he, we see him making a comment. Or not him. Sorry. She says that he has made comments about her private parts. I really want to fucking know what the fuck he said. I really do. Because then it will start to actually make some sense why she has decided to maybe get her vagina tightened. Anyway, then we see Tiffany says to Violet, answer is not valid? What the fuck? Violet says, enough of this shit, I'm out. And she leaves, and this is where we see Riley saying, beat it as if he is Michael Jackson. And he's, well, not in between the two gang members uh, about to knife each other. Um, he's the problem. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. So, yeah. But that is the end of the episode. Guys, again, I'll be working very hard to make sure that I get the other way to you as well as UK. But again, it will probably be a little late. Um, but I'm trying my best. Um, so if you like what you heard, Please share the gift of reality tea times two with everyone in your life. 
Also, please make sure that you have followed or subscribed to the podcast so that you don't miss a single episode. You can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can find us on YouTube at Reality Tea Times Two. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by connecting with us on Facebook or Instagram at Reality Tea Times Two. You can also email us at realitytimes2 at hotmail.com. And we also have a website that you can listen to all of the episodes, as well as you can get access to links to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. And the website is realitytimes2.aludu.com. All of that information will be in our show notes. So that's it for me, guys. Thanks.